With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. 
to tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, and number one, and soon we'll be joined by our panel. Tonight, we're going to talk about who's to blame for your child's pain. All children that were created through a natural conception has a mother and a father. And everything's great until it isn't. And now the relationship between the parents is over. Now that there's a separate household for both parents, where does the child come into consideration? We have this notion that everything's good on both parents' behalf. In actuality, it isn't. It is not good on either because of pain. The pain comes in after the split, of course. The father is being torn away from his child. And the mother idea of family has been destroyed. The child, depending upon the age, can recoup or go between the two places because love isn't in a place versus in the people. The problem lies with the mother's pain. And she's unloaded into the child. Of course, everything's your daddy's fault. When dad goes to get the child, now games are played out of spite. When you finally get to the child, you have to essentially deprogram and reprogram the kid to reality versus mom's indoctrination. And now the child becomes an adult. Where did this pain go? So now the pain has festered into resentment. And it never started out as the child's pain. Maybe confusion, but not pain. So who's to blame for your child's pain? Let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. Okay. Uh, hello? 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 Can you hear me? Uh, yes, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you loud now. Thank you. Okay. So who's the blame for the child's pain? I think in it, it, it depends. Well, let me just go ahead and answer that straight up. The mother and the father are to blame for the child's pain. And I say both because I because the the pain of either or of, of either parent can be um caused by can be caused by either parent. Right? So mm-hmm. yes. um in 2019, there were about 15.76 million children living with single mothers in the United States, and about 3.23 million children living with a single father. Now, in those cases, quite honestly, you know, the, just those the statistics alone, you see that the, there are more single parent mothers than there are single parent fathers. 
Now, why it does happen, the, the fact of the matter is that it, it just happens more frequently when, when the father is absent from the home. Okay? So when you have um, a mother, and, and I'm, I'm going to say mother, but this, please keep in mind that this is not exclusive to just women. You know, men uh, get caught up in emotions sometimes as well. Um, but when you have situations like that, the mother, for whatever reason, um, has mm-hmm, pain. Okay. Example. You know, the mother may, we one, we all carry pain. And, and the cycle is, in my mind, just, uh, I guess I'll say perpetual, but um, we carry pain from our childhood. And it may not mm-hmm. be pain just because we were in a single family home or a single parent home. It may be the pain of different situations that life put upon us. Okay, so one, we all carry that. But then, as a single mother, oftentimes when she and the father don't work out, um, it can be from either side or both sides where neither understand that their relationship or lack thereof has absolutely nothing to do with the child, to do with the child. I think oftentimes um, we get we get confused and we get wrapped up in, so wrapped up in each other that we forget that the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is is we have to we have to co-parent. Like there is no exception. There's no way around that. And um, if the father, for whatever reason, they didn't work out and the father left, then, you know, the, the mother's left. She carries the load. I'm not going to say she has to be the father, but she carries the load. Can you hear me? I hear you. She carries the load that is uh, left by her other half being in a home. Um, case in point. She she has to work. She has to pay all the bills. If she's not getting any type of financial support, she has to do all the homework. She has to do all the baths. She has to do all the reading. She has to do um, all of the, the talking, all of the disciplinary actions. She has to go to all of the school meetings. So where in a two-parent household, that is sometimes shared. She doesn't have that ability. So she's carrying the load. And just being quite honest, we get tired. Everyone gets tired. And when you have to do things by yourself, you tend to express or want to express yourself to a friend or what have you, but the only but when you look around, there's no one there but your child. And sometimes that expression, when you do so, it's it's in frustration. And we unload on our children, um, whatever it may be, we unload on our children, and we don't realize that when we unload, we put our burdens on our children, and so we, our children start to walk around um, with our burdens, and we don't know, we don't realize that, and in single parent households, things that some things are said are against the other parent. Okay, he's not here. She's not here. Well, she left, and 
you know, she ain't coming to pick you up. He's not coming to pick you up. You know, he's, you know, with with this woman or he doesn't care and, you know, different things like that. So we poison our children um, against the other parent because of our pain. Not to mention the fact that in most cases, he doesn't walk out on his child. He walked out on you. But you can't separate yourself from your child in order to make sure their relationship thrives. And he, in some cases, can't separate you from his child in order to make sure their relationship thrives. Nobody's willing to put the child first. So who's responsible for the pain of children? When the children carry the pain of absentee fatherhood or absentee motherhood, the father and the mother are both responsible. One is responsible more so because they actually inflicted unnecessary pain onto the child. That's just my opinion. I'll be happy to let someone else have the floor. Wow. That is it is agreed. It is agreed. Now, in my simple mind, you know, um, a lot of problems can be alleviated with conversation. <clears throat> With a simple communication, we can hash out and iron out everything. When one is so bitter that they don't want to communicate or it becomes a blame fest, How much do I have to take before I say, you know what, like, I can't talk to you. This is getting nowhere. And because of the pain, now you, it has impacted my child. You know what I mean? Everything has essentially impacted the kid. Yes. When you when you can communicate, when I can when I can say, hey, um, things happen, you know, and we didn't make it. Uh, love you all the same, but it's better if we were apart. Okay. I've given you my mind all the closure you need for us. Now, in regards to our child, you know, I'm gonna need a couple you know, couple weeks to get situated and I would like to have him, you know, every weekend or you know, um even through the week if you need. Um, and you know what, whatever meetings we have at school, you know I like to be in. Simple segment is that too? Is that difficult? Yeah, sometimes it is difficult. Yes, depending on the situation. I mean, you have tons and tons of situations out there, and and uh, quite honestly, 
um, you know, <laughs> one situation comes in to mind in particular where you have the woman and the man who are who are together, and there's no child yet, and that man has already expressed to the woman that you know he's not interested in having children. You know, he wants to build his career and you know get himself on the solid foundation before he thinks about family or starting a family. Well, they engage in sexual activity. She ends up pregnant. Um, you know, she she says that you know she she wants to terminate the pregnancy. He says, okay, if that's what you want to do, I support. And, you know, and if and if she kept it, you know, he said he'd do the best he could. Now, keep bear in mind that the conversation has already been said as far as what this man wants. Now, when she says, you know, she's going to terminate the pregnancy, she they have a conversation after the fact. You know, he thought it had already happened, and it didn't, apparently, because when he saw her months later, she was still pregnant. And so in trying to do the right thing, they go, they get married. And he, you know, trying to grow up, be a man, and do what's right by his family um, that that he didn't want. And things don't work out the way that they're supposed to, so they get divorced. But he still provides financially because that's what he knew how to do. That's what he was able to do. Um and it has always been clear that his career was number one. That priority did not change after the children got here. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. so, in that, so in that situation, what she did was she completely ignored what he had already said. And she saw that because the children were going to change her life, it was going to change his. And rightfully so, it should. But he was already very firm in where he stood and what he believed in and what he needed to accomplish. So in that situation um, where now these children are being maybe taken care of financially, you know, they're missing, I guess, the – support of the father in the household because the father and mother couldn't work out because their goals were not the same. Problem that's the problem that comes in with, with not being equally yoked, right? As as the word says. Okay, so the problem is the mother and and I'm not sure of the exact details. This is apparently a real life situation. Um but in most cases the mother then Down talks to dad every opportunity she gets because he's an absentee father. And what we're doing is we're growing these seeds in our children by saying, he ain't here. All he do is send a check. You know, um, if they say, can I call my dad? Well, he ain't going to pick up the phone because all he do is work. Or, you know, um, he, on the other half of the country, he ain't coming back for you, different things like that. We are then taking the pain that that man has put on us and putting it in our child. Um, Personally, I can attest to a situation for myself, which I'll say for for a little bit later, but that's what happens. That's what we do. And so in those cases, the mother is responsible. Um, and, And the dad is responsible as well because I believe that 
like you said, communication is everything. Um, so I believe that when those children got to a point when they were old enough to handle his truth um, and mature enough to handle his truth, then they could talk about it and work through the issues. You know, you you talk about communication, but in a case like that where you have clearly been told the expectations or the goals and the plans the man has set for himself, and yet, I mean, you know, it happens. You know, God God gives us children, um, but the but the point that to the point that you assume that he's going to now put his dreams and goals aside because you want him to pursue the family first. Um, we're in the wrong for that. I can't assume just because I'm going to have your child that, that I'm going to be your priority. Should I? To an extent, yeah, probably so. I mean, I, I would think so. Should that child become your priority? Yes, to an extent, probably so. But um, if if you don't get out here and make a career or make any money, then you can't provide. I think that, that in most cases men do what they know how to do. And sometimes that's, that's unfortunately, that's all they know how to do um, in some cases. You made a point earlier that, that I wanted to to pin. I know this is going to sound bad and evil, maybe, but excuse me one second. But I, this question has to be asked. I know someone is thinking it. And that question is, I've told you that I didn't want this, want children or want this kid. And do you still decided to uh, keep it? Why am I held to be financially responsible? You made this decision by yourself, but it impacts both but of I didn't, us. Right, because I didn't make the baby by myself. See what? See what men have to understand is this: if I lay down and I give you a good night. That is all you are in control of is that good night. Anything that happens after that, whether I get, especially when it comes to me being pregnant, that decision on whether I bear this child is 100% on me and got nothing to do with you. Everything to do with what me and what I believe and what I have for me personally and what I've prayed to God for as far as my body and my faith is concerned. So when you get a woman pregnant, you lose the ability to decide what she does with that baby. And, yes, you should have input. You should be able to, to have something to say, but you don't get the, the last and final. And if she does, by God, go and have the baby against your wishes, then you either do what you need to step up and do as a father of the baby to become, you know, to earn your rights as dad, or you don't. Personally, I think the issue comes more is when we've had this discussion and I'm still trying to hold you accountable 
because see, for me, if I'm gonna make a decision, if we've had the, if we've had the discussion, and you've expressed, you know, well, this, this isn't what I want. Okay, and I decide to to go ahead with this pregnancy. I'm walk. I understand that I'm gonna walk that path alone. And if I may speak freely, that is a real life situation that I've had. I I, I understood that that was a path I walked alone. And there, for me, there were no phone calls. I didn't ask for nothing. I don't have to call and give you updates because I we are clear on your direction and on mine, and we're going in two different paths. Um, again, that's not all women. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. Um, I think that all children need two-parent households. But I also know that, that, that God is bigger than it's bigger than that um, because that's a real-life experience for me. God is bigger than, you know, the – bigger than um, that situation and is is ultimately once, – once you give it to him, he's ultimately in control of it. And it – your ending – is better than your beginning. At least mine was. Well, I, in a natural sense, I guess that that makes that makes sense. But then, you know, of course, they have organizations that, you know, uh, Enables the the bitter woman, and of now it's not. Uh, no one ever said, "Well, no, I, I made this decision solely by myself, and that's what it is." Nobody is saying, I "Well, mean, you know what?" Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you you have to you have to know that everybody loves a pity party. So, you know, and, and, and quite frankly, you do know that some women will refuse to say that they made the decision by themselves. Like, personally, I've, I've always found it easier to live in my truth than, than to live in somebody else's lie. And before I sit up here and, and lie to myself and, and fool myself and make myself think that, um, one that I'm something that I'm not. Two that that this situation that I'm in is going to define me, you know, because it doesn't. Um, it's it, we as as women, especially you know, scorned women or hurt women who's been through something. You have to think about who do we have to talk to when we when we lurk and when we go and we need somebody to talk to. Who are we talking to? We're not talking to the we're not going to go and get advice from the woman who's married and has, you know, children and as as the world would say, did it the right way. We're not going to go and get advice from them. We're not going to go and get advice from the people like me who say, well, you told you he didn't want, he didn't want a child. You decided to keep it. You know, you're just going to have to strap yourself up by your boots or pick yourself up by your bootstraps and, and march on. And and give that situation to God because that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, 
But that's not what we want to do. We want to go to the system, and we want, we're going to go to the people who's going to rally behind us, and we're going to go to the people who's going to say that we're right, he's wrong, and we're going to have our cheerleaders and our pity party, and then we're going to put our pain, action, and make sure that whatever it is we do, we, one, let him know that he a deadbeat dad, and we, two, let his children know that he's a deadbeat dad. Mm. But we're never going to look our child in the face and say, look, the fact of the matter is that me and your father had one night. You're the outcome of that one night. We had a disagreement after that as far as what to do. And for me, I would rather take my chances and have you and try and do, you know, the best I can and just pray that God turn this situation around versus paying the consequence of not having you because there's an emotional consequence with that as well. You know, so... Nobody wants to own their shit in the part in, in the part that they play and the pain that we put on our children. Now, I think if a man is man enough to tell me that that's not the direction he want to take, you know, when it comes to kids, then when those kids are older, you know, you need to sit them down and tell them, too, look, I wasn't there because I simply didn't know how to be. This is, this is the hand that I was dealt. This is what I knew. I knew that I could get out there. I knew that I could make money. I knew that I could provide financially. I had no idea how to step in this thing and be what you needed, and I still don't. I'm willing to try, you know, but that that's I, I don't know how to do that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that you don't know how to do something or with admitting that, it wasn't what you wanted, so you weren't willing to step up to the plate to, to figure it out. Um, shit, truth be told, you may have more chances of messing a kid up than you would of bringing them out successfully. You know, who knows? I agree. Now, one of the, for me, is I, I respect both positions. Um, the man who says, listen, I wasn't ready, you know, uh, but now that you're here, we're going to do this. And I'm going to screw up along the way. I prom- I can promise you I'm going to screw up along the way. But I'm going to try. You know, we'll figure it out together. Um, but in all of this, all of this, do you think that it's, it's about the, ch- the child or the children? Or do you think it's actually to hold on to the dad or to... Um, to keep him, you know, kind of like trap him in a sense. In some cases, I do think that there are situations that um, that are created that um, essentially would trap him. Um, you know, you you never can tell someone's intent, and. For those of you who can tell someone's intent, then, you know, that's probably the greatest thing in the world, I guess, you know, but you never really know somebody's intentions. Um, You know, that's, 
it's hard to to say that every situation or, you know, to put a number or it's hard to, you know, throw statistics behind those situations where women are looking to trap men with babies. Um, it does happen. Yeah, I can, you know, I can definitely agree to the fact that it does happen. Um, but, you know, in, 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 those, in, in those situations, I think the men who are involved know what it was. You know, I think the men who are involved know that, you know, that this was a trap. You know, I fell for the okey-doke. Even in those cases, you know, if 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 he wasn't, um, if, if they weren't transparent in their goals, you know, with each other or, you know, as far as family is concerned, then, you know, you step it up, come together, and, and figure out how to raise these kids as, as, as individuals. Um, but as parents to the to the kids, you know we we can't, you know. I can't believe I'm gonna say this on air, but I'm gonna say it, and you know it's gonna make people mad. But we can't keep holding on to the pain of what was if we want the joy of what's to come. It's plain and simple. You have to, you know, I'm not going to sit and, and dwell over, you know, 18 years of what one man wouldn't do and didn't do and miss out on the opportunity of what another man is willing to do for me and my child. And I'm not saying that, oh, okay, you get pregnant by one man, he don't want to do it, then Go find you another. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is get over the pain. Heal. Heal. And don't, don't put your child through your experience because that's not what they deserve. I'm, I'm, I'm 41 years old, broken household, broken parents. And, you know, I heard day in and day out how my daddy wasn't shit. I heard day in and day out how he cheated. You know, I heard day in and day out how even when he remarried his other wife, you know, how he was providing and doing this, that, and the third for her children. They bought a house. But, you know what, he got her children in the house. Where y'all at? You know, but but never once did she take responsibility for dropping me off at my grandma. Never once did she explain why her name never signed my report card. Never once did she explain why she missed the the period talk, the the boy talk, the you know um, the opportunity to paint nails together. Never once have I gotten an explanation of why she was too absent. Never once have I gotten an explanation of, you know, her role in our broken family. Because when two people don't work out, it's two people that didn't work out, not just that one. I mean, let's be real. You know, we didn't work out because we didn't work out. It wasn't because, like, I'm fucked up. It's because we both are fucked up and we don't need to be fucked up together. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is, is that that pain, it resurfaces, right? I was having a conversation with my dad. Oh, week two weeks ago, and when we were talking, and he was asking questions about, you know, our children, um, 
and uh, he had brought up a situation that he had encountered with his stepson, you know, putting his feet on the dashboard and just showing disrespect. And the first thought that came to my mind was, well, if you wasn't so busy buying them shoes, you wouldn't have had nothing to put on your dashboard to disrespect you with, you know. Now, where is that thought coming from, my mom? Why? Because all she did was tell me how he was buying, you know, shoes for their feet and wasn't buying shoes for mine. Now, that ain't have nothing to do with the conversation, but, again, I'm still walking around with part of my mother's pain. Hmm. So we don't know what we do to our children when we say these things. Um, we don't know what we do to our children when we bring them into grown folks' business. It's not my problem. It's not my business why my parents didn't work out. I didn't care. I don't care now. Not It's never been my business. While I'm older and I understand that people go through things, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I understand that, that women are emotional beings and they get hurt and they, they tend to carry things a little longer than men do or perhaps a lot longer. I understand that as a woman and as an adult, but it was never my business to know these things as a child. It was never my business to for her to tell me these things about what he did to her, especially when she didn't own her shit. That's why, to this day, I have problems with people not taking responsibility for what they do. doesn't matter what it is they do. I have problems with people not taking responsibility for it. Because I lose respect for stuff like that Because that's part of my pain Um, Or part of my deliverance I should say Because I've You know In most most ways I've, I've healed from My personal pain But I still You know again I still harbor some of my mothers Especially when it comes to my dad Mm. Well, you know, that you made some very, very good points. And, and again, it it wasn't your pain. It was the pain that your mother poured into you, her pain that she poured into you. And you didn't even know it was still there. You know, and here you are 30 plus years later. It, it rears its head. From nowhere, from out, out of a simple, you know, out of a simple, again, you know, he was asking about our 15-year-old, you know, and his driving and different things, and, and it and it fell upon him a situation that he had encountered, which, again, it was just a simple conversation. And, and I don't ask my, you know, we don't have conversations about, you know, the, the women he's encountered either before or after my mom or... You know, they're just never topics of conversation. But just this one day, he was telling me about just about a situation where, you know, the, the young boy was being disrespectful, you know. Um, and, <laughs> you know, here it comes popping into my mind, you know, and I'm sitting up here thinking, now, where the hell? Like, now, where that come from? Like, we, we're not even talking about shoes. We're talking about, you know, him him being disrespectful, you know what I mean? In 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 a car ride, not 
Not about shoes, but then again, like, why do I care about the shoes he had on? That ain't got nothing to do with me. Everybody got to walk around with something on their feet. But again, these are things that was poured into me that that, that came out um, in thought. Obviously, I didn't say that because um, because of my relationship, you know, in, in my faith. I understand. I'm smart enough to understand where these thoughts come from, and I understand how to how to deal with them, and, you know, true story. You know, I was, I was, uh, (laughs) I guess I was blessed or fortunate in a sense because um, I didn't get any of that, right? Um, It was almost like my father didn't exist. <laughs> Never. So, you know, if anything, I had to keep keep him alive or keep, you know what I mean? Then, because everybody else was like, oh, no, nah. like, oh, yeah, he's so-and-so. And that was that. Mm-hmm. Then when I was young enough and I was asking, you know, about him was like, well, why you want to know about him for he did shit for you? Really? Exactly. Well, I, th- I think it's fair enough to know where some of my traits come from. Yeah. We have to as much as we say we love our kids, right? We say it and and, and you hear everybody say it, you hear everybody say it. But if you if you really love somebody, would you inflict pain on them? Willingly, like Not- we don't know. See, here's the thing. You know, we we don't know, right? And and, and even just the other day, you know, I told you I, I came down on our son because I was tired. But then, you know, after I, I thought about it, I one, I failed to communicate with him um, as far as what I had done and what I had expected him to do. And then, two, he's not the one that can help me be untired. I should have picked up the phone and called you and said, you know, husband, I'm tired. And you could have said, you know what, go ahead and lay down. I'll just pick up dinner. Okay, that would, because no one else can, who else is supposed to carry my load when I'm tired? If you don't do it. Nobody else is supposed to carry my load but you. So I shouldn't be telling anybody else but you because you're the only one who could do something about it, right? Right? That's it. Okay. So here again, in this particular situation, you know, I'm sitting in, 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 in my uh, tiredness or in my, I don't know, weakness and exhaustion. Um, I, I load on him and then... It takes 
you know, a day to say, you know what, it's not even, I, I shouldn't have even done that to you. Again, I, I, I wasn't trying to do it intentionally. Um, I'm just exhausted and I'm just expressing, <laughs> just expressing myself and crying out for help but looking to the wrong people. That's what we do. You know, as women, you know, especially as single mothers, she may be crying out for help um, when she is inadvertently putting her pain, putting her load on her children. She may just need to pick up the phone and call someone who can help her with whatever she has going on and, um, you know, have a soundboard, have somebody she could pick up the phone and call and just scream at and then hang up, you know, that keep, that would keep her from unloading on a child. But we don't do it with the intention of them walking around with it. We do it because we need somewhere to drop it off. Unfortunately, okay. they're the only ones that's there. It's, you know, how often, if, if she and the dad were, were, or and the father were co-parenting in such a manner, and we're friends in such a manner where she could pick up the phone and call and say, look, I'm tired. <coughs> can you come pick him up? Can you come pick her up? You know, look, can you feed her? You know, I don't have any money. You know, instead of being honest and transparent about our situation, we like to take it and make it your problem. I'm going to take my problems and make them yours. We got to stop making our problems other people's problems, and we got to stop Carrying other people's problems It's enough to walk around with our own Excuse me for one minute My apologies um, But yeah I can I can let someone else have the mic Hello? Hello? My mic went out. My mic went out somehow. When we when we have these conversations and it's one of those things where you actually have to come outside of yourself. No one wants that part of of the problem you know come outside of yourself and 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 have a conversation with the father and say hey i I need help right he knew you wasn't uh superhuman well y'all were together but it seems as though that's no one wants to do that although everyone should no one wants to have that conversation say i need some help Maybe they don't want to appear weaker or whatever the case may be. And, and even in, in saying, recognizing you need help, go seek counseling because that's also some help that you may need. See, counseling costs money. And, and money is something I'm already running short on because of increased expenses um, of, of having a, a child. And in counseling also, some of them also have to, you have to have insurance in order to even get a good copay 
Um, that's not something that I have because I, I only have two part-time jobs and they don't offer me benefits. See what I'm saying? So, you know, so in, in some in some situations, these are it's real. Um, it may be situations where, you know, the the dad is is a little better off financially, and you know, I should be saying, look, you know, can you put him on your insurance? Like I don't have insurance. And, you know, we need to be able to go and see a good doctor. But, no, we're not going to ask that. We're going, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you and I'm going to go down here and put this child support papers on you and let them tell me that I'm entitled to get $600 a month based off, you know, what you make and what you should be doing for the child and based off what I make because I don't make a whole lot of money. So I'm going to sit back and wait on that $600 a month to come instead of picking up the phone calling you saying, hey, if you could just put them on your insurance and pay the co-pays when we go to the doctor, that'd be a great help. Or if, if you could just, you know, can you pay my light bill right now? Um, <coughs> we're not going to, we're not going to do that. Um, why? Because one, you know, who knows what I have to go through to sit up here and ask you for that. You know, like I, and then, and then, and then, too, you know, like, I personally, you know, they, they may feel like you should know these things. You should know that with having children, there's increased expenses, and you should know that I, you know, I'm only able to do certain things. So you should offer. Mm. Um. So I think in, in in both cases, either the the mother or the fathers, you know, we expect each other each other to be mind readers. Like I expect you to automatically know that I need more support, and you know, you you expect me to automatically know that the the door is open for me to come to you and and ask you these things, or you know, you expect to be told when something is needed as far as the child is concerned. And that's if it's an amicable split. That, you know, breakdown in communication still happens in, in amicable splits. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, I think that, you know, when I've heard this many a times, and my grandma used to say it. I don't know who else does, but I've heard it recently as well. When a person shows you who they are, believe them. When a man has shown you up front that, you know, it's just sexual, believe that. Don't think that bringing a baby in this world is going to make it better. Don't think it's going to make him want to be with you. Um, when, when, when a woman shows you that she a thought, Believe it. If you want to take your chances and run up in it raw, as they say, then that's on you. Whatever comes of it, comes of it. And that's and, and you have to carry the responsibility of her inflicting pain on that child as well as that child suffering from the pains of, of, of not having a father in the household. Even if you are there, to an extent, it's still different. It is still different in in raising a child um, in two different households. There's two sets of rules. There's two sets of expectations. You know, um, that's a lot. 
children can hardly keep up with the with the current with rules of one house. More or less two. We expect them to know how to move. You know, when when you were me, this is how you move. Do that with your mama. Like they don't know, but we expect them to adapt to our inability to come together and 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 do the thing right. Well, now you're gonna touch on something else. Remember in the in the in the intro, we were talking about as far as the the indoctrination, right? Because now you have mom talking about you know, oh, dad ain't this and dad ain't that and all these mm-hmm. good things. So I think maybe that that could be part of of the problem you know that indoctrination why do i have to come back home bring you back home and and essentially reprogram you um you see what i mean like i got to because because you because you had sex with a woman or a man and you are not equally yoked, y'all don't have the same beliefs, y'all don't have the same values, and, and, and you're not going to be in the same household. So if you're going to be the primary parent where that child is staying, then you're going to go with with your values. And then if you're going to be, you know, the secondary parent that gets the visits and the visitations, then you're going to be going with your values. Um, so, you know, again, these are children. We can't expect... You 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 see how we have the one set of rules in our in our one little household for our children, and you see how sometimes they're even hard to remember and hard to follow the one set. It's like okay, you remember this. Raising children is repetitive, okay. And and mm-hmm. and quite honestly, when you put two sets of values, you're trying to instill two sets of values in the children. Like, do we really expect them to just know? These things aren't written down. You know, it's it's like you got to have, I think there's a book called The Cider House Rules. Um, But you got to have the rules written out in, in both households so that they know who they are. Now, is that not confusing for a child? Oh, that's definitely, definitely confusing. So the problem is, and the problem and the reason why that exists is because as two adults, we made a very unadult-like decision to sleep together and not use the proper protection in order to prevent Furthering our life together. Like, I don't want you past tomorrow. You don't want me past tomorrow. Why would you not use a condom? Why would you not be on the pill? But what we do is for one night of enjoyment, two nights of enjoyment, we we get together and we do these things, and we end up causing a life full of pain and confusion for a child. And that's not what they that's not what they signed up for. That's true. <laughs> um, that's very true. Again, every 
every, there's a price for everything that's done. Uh, so I'm going to call them consequences. But essentially, there's a price that you will pay. But I think in all fairness, we have to consider, because in the end, the kids become, uh, they, they're going to be used as leverage. And they may even become, you know, casualties. I don't want to say casualties of war. Of war but, yeah, um, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's essentially what what takes place, and no one is is considering those things. You like you can't you can't come to me and say, hey, you know, I know you didn't want this kid, and and I did everything that I could. Um, I went ahead and had him or her, and I can't take care of him no more. So you take him. I mean, they're yours still. You know. I haven't seen you in 10 years or heard from you in 10 years and you just go come and drop it on my lap like this. And just now we did lay down and that was some time ago. And how is that fair? Ain't nothing, ain't nothing fair about it. I mean, there's nothing fair about a woman having a child and, you know the the father not being involved, and suddenly she's tired. You know you go ahead and do this. You know like there's nothing fair about that. And again, I think that that as as women as people, we have to be more honest with ourselves when we're in these situations, and not saying, here's the thing. You know you don't you don't know what life is going to be like. You know so. You know, we don't, um, we don't look further down the road when we're in these decisions and say, well, you know what, what what happens if if there's a situation that I can't handle? What happens if I die? You know, he don't he don't want this baby, um, he don't want this child. So if I'm gonna do this. What happens if I die before my child is of the age where he can take care or she can take care of him or herself? Um, should I expect him to just pick up where I left off? And and again, I, people aren't going to like this. They're not going to understand it. But I'm going to straight up say, no, you shouldn't expect him to pick up where you left off because you knew he already showed you who he was. Up front, why walk around and with it, and uh, with these imaginations, with your imagination, and think that the situation between you and him is going to get better. Why automatically think that that one day he's going to wake up and change his mind and say, you know what, I want to do life with you. I want to do this baby with you. I want to, you know, I want us to be together and and be able to do this with you. Why walk around with that illusion? Be realistic about the situation you put yourself in. And I say you because, you know, if, if if you sleep with someone and you're not protected, then nobody is to blame for that but you. If he sleeps with you and he don't wear protection, then it's his fault he didn't wear protection. You know, if he don't like the fact that you're having a baby, that's him. You know, if you don't like the fact that, that he got you pregnant, then that's you. It's your fault. We don't want to own our part in that night, first of all, 
second of all, we don't want to believe that what this man has already told us is true. We don't want to believe it. We want what we want, and (laughs) we're going to expect you to change because the cards have laid a little differently. Well, because my cards are laid a little differently. Yours aren't. You know, see, you know, I I don't know. Well, I do know. We're going to say, I don't know why God designed it so that it's it's possible for a woman and a man to make a baby, but not necessarily have to be together to parent the child. But I don't um, think God made it that way. I, I again, that's what I was gonna say. Is he he didn't make it, it? It wasn't intended to be that way. Um, never from the very beginning, because before there were children, there was first Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, now I see the problem with premarital sex. I see the problem with it. I see that I see the issues that it creates. Um, and and I I understand why the Bible, why the Bible, you know, discourages or I don't I don't I'm I don't know if prohibits is, is the word, but you know, talks about not thou shalt mm-hmm. should not fornicate. You know, no fornicating. Don't waste your seed. You know, because because it wasn't it it his way wasn't designed for us to be. And I'm not gonna say the children are wasteful, but quite honestly, when you know when you encounter a person and you have you have that one night, two nights of fun, or what have you, what you're doing is you're wasting your seed because you're not with your wife and. If you were with your wife, then your seed wouldn't be a waste because that, that's not what God intended. So, I mean, I, I definitely, as more and more, the older I get, I understand um, that because these situations, situations like these were supposed to be avoided had we followed the word. Mm. Well, you know <clears throat> that is something that's something right there. Um we we get away from we go against God's will. And then we turn around and want him to fix it. That's because he's God. He got grace and mercy. And, and, you know, quite honestly, you know, personally, I thank God for it because it allowed me to get to where, you know, I am today. You know, um, we all fall short, you know. So, you know, I'm not saying that. Here's the thing. When when you when you it's like when you get yourself you know it's quicksand, you know, but you're trying to you know you're trying to get to where you gotta go. And, you know, you you looking at it 
and you praying, God, if you just let me walk through this quicksand real quick and not let me get stuck. Everything going to be all right. I'm going to make it to the other side, and I'm not going to test you again. That's a problem right there. Expecting, you know, we go into situations knowing, and, you know, and we you know what, I'm about to make a real big mistake, but God, I expect you to go ahead and pull me out of it. Uh, if you got enough distance to know that, then you got enough sense not to not to go through it. But you do it because of, you know, fleshly desires or what have you, and he forgives you. You know, um, we should look at situations like I'm going to try and do the right thing here, and and and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and and take the godly route, and I'm going to, you know, walk away from this lustful desire that I have. And, you know, and who knows? And, and you know, in, in seven years from now, six years from now, you walk away from that desire, and you walk right into the arms of your husband, and he gave you, you know, y'all got ten kids together, or, you know, two kids together, or whatever, you know, like having many, good Lord can, you know, can can help him, you know, can help y'all have, then, you know, he gives you abundantly for, you know, you there's a reward for doing it God's way. Um, and there's also a reward for when God pulls you out of mess, not to go back into it. Like, all right, now you, now you looked at that quicksand one time, and, you know, I watched you walk right in it. And I pulled you out because you ain't know no better. But now you know better. So if you walk in that quicksand right now, I'm I'm gonna let you drop. I'm gonna let you lose your breath a little bit. I'm gonna let you know what it's like to to suffer. I'm gonna let you know, you know, like I'm I'm still gonna grab you out. But now I gotta teach you a lesson because you've already walked down that road before. You're gonna go right back down it again. You know, now now you gotta experience some hardship because you didn't learn before. Well, same thing with children, you know. You same thing with children. I'm constantly saying, you know, I'm cooking, and one he coming by and, you know, reaching up on his tippy toes, and you know, what are you cooking? And you know, putting his hands up. All right, now I told you, the stove hot. Get back, get back. But one day I may just have to let him touch it just so he know to get back. It's hot. You get burned. Um, that's what we do. We have to. We're here. Teach our children a lesson. We're God's children. So it's, it's you know, it's a matter of taking heed to those lessons. You may have veered a little bit off topic, but I think it ties in. No, no, because that is, it's, it's, it's very relevant. Now, if, it, if, if, let's say this is your second, third, fourth child, and you haven't, taking heed to the lessons in the first time and you now have multiple are we still are we testing God's grace and mercy or are we like what are we doing at this point uh, I, I was straight up saying we're not even we're not even walking with God we don't know nothing about God I mean don't get me wrong children are a blessing you know God knows if, you know, like, 
I I take as, as as many as he would, you know, give us. You know, like if if my body could stand having ten, I'd I'd have ten. Cause they're blessings. Even on the even on my worst day, they I I, I love them. Um, but there, but again, there's something to be said about having, you know, children in a marriage. Um, plentiful children in a marriage And then having plentiful children On your own So you get to where you have You know Four and five You you ain't walking with God Lord I, You know what I already got four kids But he's fine I'm going to have to give him a little leg Just go ahead and protect me And I don't want to get pregnant by and then you end up pregnant. You, I mean, like, really? You think that makes sense? You, you want to stay? You walking in faith just because <laughs> you praying to God and and you know saying, "Don't let me get pregnant," but I'm gonna have to give him some. Really? And then you try to justify it. Well, yeah. Well, God gave me this baby. Well, okay. Yeah, take it as a blessing, but but guess what? You you gonna have to take this pain, you gonna have to take this hardship on the chin. You know, take it for the team, because you know if you go back to the Bible, I've already told you what to do. Now it's it's like for, for me, repetitive offenders stay. You know will have to change um, in order to get better, right? So it's like when you have four and five and six kids, it's, it's not that you're testing God. Like you, you blatantly disrespecting and disregarding what he's already told you. So when you, you know, when you do that, then yeah, you you gonna have to walk alone for a little bit. You know, you you gonna have to suffer in silence for this one because you keep creating these situations that I've already told you. You know, you already know better. I'm not saying that they don't get grace and mercy. They do get grace and mercy. Um, but I I, I think it's. You know, I think their grace and mercy looks a little bit different because their situation is is a little more. Um, their their situation is different, so their grace and mercy may be, you know, them going to the store and and, and not having enough money for milk and and you know finding twenty dollars on the sidewalk. You know. That's still grace and mercy. It's not, you know, it it may not feel like it at the, you know, overall, but in the grand scheme of things, for that, for that situation, for that night, that's your grace and that's your mercy. You know, you found that twenty dollars to get your child a can of milk. And I think if you would have done things as God would say. And decent and in order, then mm-hmm. you know you wouldn't be on that struggle. You know, 
you would have maybe $20,000. Who knows? But it is one of those things where we hurt ourselves in the long run for this moment of pleasure. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. Let's talk about once these kids become adults. Okay, now they're of, of age. And dad may not have been there through childhood, you know, for whatever reason. And now you are 26, 25 even. I think first and foremost, we, you know, you know, first and foremost, I think the biggest thing is learning how to walk in our truth. You know, I, I mean, just that point blank period, learning how to walk and stand in your own truth. Forget about the judgment. You don't have to live your life for nobody. So when, when these children get to, to ages 24 and 25 and, you know, they they want to have conversation with, with, with pops for not, you know, well, you weren't there. You know, you was an absentee father, so how would you know? You know, first of all, what is an absentee father? Tell me what that is. Second of all, you know, God said he'd be a father to the fathers, to the fatherless. Did he not? I mean, where is your, where is your faith at? You know, like, okay, maybe perhaps you wouldn't raise with faith, okay? So we, so we forgo that. But if you want to sit and have a conversation with me, if you're ready, if you're ready to sit and have a conversation and find out why I was absent, be ready to handle my truth and move past it. You can't sit in front of me and, and ask me these questions and I give you my truth and then still be upset with me because you don't like it. Mm. So Very, very true. You want me to sit in front of you and tell you, you know, I fucked up. You know, I, I wasn't there and, you know, I apologize, you know, like, you know, I don't know whatever it is you want to hear. Whatever you want to hear. You want me to tell you what you want to hear. But you're not ready for me to sit in front of you and say, look, I told your mom that I don't want kids. I didn't know how to be a dad. I was 17 years old. I was just having sex, and we had, you know, a couple good nights. And she told me she was having an abortion, and months later you, you showed up. You know, I I couldn't prepare for that. The only thing I knew how to do was what I was good at, which was building my or, or working and, and sending a check. I knew that I could do that. And so I relied on what I knew how to do best. Because I knew that at that point, that's the best way I could help you. Because otherwise, I I couldn't do it. It was It's not in me to be able to do that. Just like it's not in some people to be a mother. Some women never have kids. It's not because they don't have eggs. It's, maybe it's a choice. And it's not in them to mother anybody. Okay, there are some fathers out there who have had children. Biologically, but it's not in them to be a dad. Just because they have sperm don't mean that that they are meant to be a dad. 
we have to be able to accept that and say, I have issues because you didn't know how to do what you were supposed to do when it came to me. So now I have to get these issues fixed. Mama couldn't afford therapy when I was growing up, but you know what? I got a good job. Let me go ahead and get me some therapy. Or, you know what, Dad? I respect that. You know, so how about this? I'm not asking you to step in and and try to rewind back 25 years, but help me get help. Because that's something he probably can do if you really want to heal, unless you want to point the finger and blame somebody. Unless you want Mm. your pity party. If you want to be in your pity party, be in your pity party. You ain't going to go nowhere. But do I got to go with you? Am I bad because I'm not going with you? No, you're not. Misery loves company. That don't mean that you got to you gotta be in everybody. That don't mean that everybody got to be in your company. Everybody ain't got to be in your misery just because you're miserable. Now, I'm not saying that children should just get over it. I'm saying if you really want to be healed and you really want to move forward, be able to accept people's truth. For me, that was the hardest lesson I had to learn. Like that was the hardest lesson I had to learn. After 17 years of of knowing that my mom was not capable, that my mother was not capable of being a mom, knowing that, yet and still, I chose to go to a college in the city where she lived because I hoped that we could have Sunday dinner. I hoped that we could have lunch. I hoped that we could do nails together. I hoped that we could have these conversations. And every once in a while we did. But for every conversation, for every time we got nails done together, there was twice as much more pain that I had to go through simply because I was pursuing someone for a relationship that they were incapable of giving me. Hmm. I was trying to make her be what I needed her to be instead of accepting her for what she was. And so I have to be, I have to take the responsibility in that. Like I, I have to carry that. I wasn't at the age where I could accept her truth and who she was. I was still looking for who I needed her to be, um, which led to to <laughs> multiple other problems. But but my point is is that you know when you get to an age that you realize you are messed up from having one of the parents out of the household. You know, get to that age where you can have a conversation and accept their truth and forgive them for it and move past it. Now, you asked for too much. Now, you asked me to, to forgive them and move past it? And get over it. Shit, come on. All right, I guess. Well, I gotta forgive him and move past it. You know that yeah, ain't really what. Like, uh, how long am I supposed to 
be mad? Like, how long am I supposed to be mad at you for something you couldn't do? Well, especially how long if, once I'm on the other side of it, right? I mean, you, what do you mean on the other side? Like, now now that I'm an adult, uh, am I still supposed to be holding on to, to I this? I mean, I'm still and, your child. Well, I mean, you still this. have to watch acknowledge this, watch this, watch this. I did. I, I don't, again, you made a difference in saying I fathered you, but it, I didn't know how to daddy you. I wasn't there physically, but financially I was there. And now you're 20 some years old. Um, and we still, you know, you, you still hold on to, to your mother's infliction. Yeah. And part of it is probably there too. You know, you, I needed you. I needed you. And you, you weren't there for me. You weren't there. Like, how do you know you needed me? How do you know you needed what you never had? How do you know? You don't know you needed me. What you're, what you're telling me is you're telling me that, that you needed me, but you didn't. Why? Because you survived. And you're standing in front of me today. If you needed me, then that means we wouldn't be here. Because if, if you needed me and I wasn't there, I didn't come to rescue you, then you wouldn't make it here, right? It wasn't yeah. me that you needed. It's not me that you're missing. And I'm not saying at all that, eh, that, that, that you know, if you grow up in a single-parent household and guess what, it's okay, get over it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that, that as adults, we have to stop crying over the situation or over the cards that we were dealt as children just because our parents were fuck-ups. Okay, because we're not perfect. And, you know, the greatest thing about having children is that, you know, as an adult, especially when you when you had a childhood where a parent was missing out of the household, the greatest thing about having children is it is an eye-opening situation. And it's like the, the light bulb comes on and says, you know what, like I am not perfect. How in the world did I expect, you know, X, Y, Z. How did I expect this? Like, who, who, where did I get these crazy thoughts that, you know, um, men were supposed to, or, or daddies were supposed to be this way? Where did I get these crazy thoughts that moms were supposed to be this way? You know, like, when you have kids, you live the reality of what your parents lived. And then you get to understand why they fell short in the areas in which they did. Because they're not perfect. Well, you know, not we we get our ideas, and that's our ideas, from what we see on television. And, oh, it would be nice to have this. This is what we want. For everything from material things to uh parental involvement or or whatever the case may be. That's what we go off of. Yeah. We go off that and we go off our friends. You know Absolutely. our our friends situation. Um you know, we go off of 
you know, like it, music, you know, people singing about love and what relationships and what families are supposed to be like. We, you know, we allow that to, to penetrate and and shape who we are and what our thoughts and ideas are. Um, you're right. Everything is influential, you know, influential. Um, and, and we, we take, uh, we take our, our guide, you know, that's where we get our guidance from. Um, but you know, it's, 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 again, it's one of those situations where as parents, we have to be careful of what we pour into our children. Like I'd be straight up, you know, like I, I ask our kids, you know, and you know, you want your ass pop, you know, so what am I doing? I'm pouring into them, you know, the word ass. Okay, so so guess what they do? They turn around and say, okay, well, you know, uh, such a, such such need to ass pop. Yep, you know what they do. But see, those are, that's me. Um, And, and then, you know, it's like now we say, you know what, hmm, let's use another word. Um, Again, because. You know, it's, it's those things that we pour into them um, that we're, we have time and we're able to correct. But if, you know, if, if I'm pouring into them that, you know, well, your, well, your daddy not here. You know, like, well, I want to see my daddy. Well, your daddy not here. You know, where he at? He over there with his other woman. You know, he, he buying her kids shoes, so you just need to stop it. You know, you just need to stop crying and stop asking for him because he's not coming back. If I'm pouring that into him, then that's all that's all they're gonna get. You know, that's what that that's what they're gonna come up with. And and, and especially if I don't you know, if I don't recognize it and, and backtrack it and walk it back, you know. Um and, and that's the thing too. You know, you can't say the same thing thirty million times and walk it back once. You can't say it. You can hardly say something once and try to walk it back because they remember. They hold on. You know, they latch on to certain things, and they they never let it go. Like, I haven't let it go. Certain things that I was told as a child, like, and as you see, they, it comes out. It comes up. You know, it, it didn't come out because I didn't say anything, but... Those things come up. So, you know, it's, I mean, you would think that I could pick up the phone and call, you know, call and say, look, Ma, you know, you you really messed me up because now every time I talk to my dad, if he bring up a situation, I go back to thinking how he provided for somebody else's child. But the crazy thing is, is I didn't lack, I didn't want for anything. There was nothing that I, there is nothing that I can ever recall wanting and never got. I always got what I, I always had what I needed and I got what I wanted. Mm. Everything. And, and it ain't, it wasn't at the hands of my dad necessarily, it wasn't at the hands of my mom because then, then neither one of them had me. You know, somehow. The people who had me, you know, who raised me, my grandma, my auntie, you know, my grandpa and, and the uncles that, that live locally, you know, somehow somebody got me what I what I wanted. I didn't, you know, if I wanted to go to the football game. I had I had six dollars to get in the gate. You know, we would we would want to go walk into the store, and you know, 
I leave my grandma's house with 50 cents in my pocket. Well, guess what? I could get a soda and a bag of chips because all I needed was two more pennies. You know what I mean? Like, I could leave walking the house with 50 cents in my pocket, and then on the way, my uncle stopped and gave me $2. You know, like, so there was, there was nothing ever, um, even though I, I didn't have my father there, you know, my dad there, or my mom. You know, like I, I, I've never lacked. You had love, and that was, and quite honestly, that was probably more than either one of them could give me. You know, whew. I love when we when we have these conversations because by the end. The truth comes out, and it's what everybody needs to hear, right? Because it's a fact, and the fact is, regardless of the geographical location, that doesn't matter. Whether you're in the same household, love can be absent, but if you're in two different households, love can be present. As long as love is the foundation, as long as there is love, I think it could work, right? And so love has to supersede that pain. It does. It does. Absolutely. You have to let Absolutely. go. You have to let go of pain in order to get love. You can't have Absolutely. both. Both can't reside in your heart at the same time. No, 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 no. It it can't, and it won't. But when you when my my purpose for saying that is to remind you when it's done out of love, if when anything is done out of love, you will have the best result. Every time. When you do something because out of love, I'm going to say that it's, it's, it's out of God. But when you do something out of pain and out of spite, nothing good is going to come of it. Mm-mm. Nothing good, and it will have a very lasting impact on the people you pour it into. Because sometimes it don't even have to be the children. But those that hear it, it can have a lasting impact. So we want to definitely be careful of who we. Unload on and unload to When things come about The proper way Conversations and communications Can be conducted So that way You can Stay in a place of love And Watch this This is the part that people don't realize When things are done out of love who knows those two parents may actually be able to reconcile. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But when it's, when, when things are done out of, out of ugliness and out of pain, you can, uh, you can kiss that goodbye. Mm-hmm. I believe we have, Solved or addressed some issues 
we have revealed some <laughs> some truths, and we have uh, replaced them with some facts. I believe our work here is done tonight. So now it's time to go out and apply what we've learned. And what we've learned is direct your discomfort to whom it should be. And love. And the Bible says everyone. go to the source. Of course, go to the source. And love everyone. Mm-hmm. As the pastor would say, love could cover a multitude of things. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. If your heart and mind is clear, we can close it out. Yes, it is. Oh, thank you. My heart and mind is clear. Oh, I love you and I love your support. I love you too. Stand by for prayer. Father God, we thank you for tonight's conversation. We thank you for tonight's topic. We thank you for the truth and, and the facts. We thank you more importantly for love. We thank you for grace and we thank you for mercy. Father God, we thank you for everybody who who is listening. We thank you for those who have been impacted. And Father God, we thank you in advance for the people who will take what they've learned tonight and apply it to their lives, their situations. Father God, we know that it's all you. It has absolutely nothing to do with us. Father God, one thing I can say is we've seen what happens when thing is done out of love. We've witnessed it, and we thank you for being able to do so. Father, we ask on behalf of everyone for forgiveness for our sins, that we, the sins that we commit knowingly and unknowingly. Father, right now we ask that everybody get a good night's rest. Father God, we ask that you heal and soften the callous hearts and Father God, those that are sick and those bereaving, Father God, we ask that you give them strength. We ask all this in your son Jesus' most holy and precious name. We love you. Amen. Amen. This concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am the number one with Miss Quick and then uh, Pastor Robinson, Dr. Twin, and our brother Joel's absent. We thank you. We ask that you replace all the pain with love. Get healing from the pain so you can love, so you can move forward. Seek counseling. Seek God, number one, and seek prayer. That's all I have. We love you. We thank you. Stay safe. Love one another. Love God. More importantly, get a relationship with God and be safe. Again, peace.
Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.